Hi, friends. I'm Ashley Kramer. And I'm Brittany Labby. And this is More Than a Season podcast. With the help of men and women across all sports and levels, we dive deep into the highs and lows of the sports industry. No topic is off limits as we discuss the struggles and stereotypes while celebrating the successes and community that comes with this lifestyle. So whether you're a coaches or athlete significant other or just enjoy talking about sports, you are welcome here. Let's take a look beyond the season and get started with today's episode. Hey everyone, it's Ashley and Brittany. And we are your hosts for More Than a Season podcast. Hello. Hello, and welcome back. Yeah, we are pumped because it's game week, finally. I know. I, I cannot believe it's here already. I know. It feels like we just finished. I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know. It went really fast. Summer went by so fast. Yeah, we always have a routine for game week. Mm-hmm. We love routines. Brittany and I both do. <laughs> but not only just like the game day itself, but I feel like everything like leading up, it's kind of weird how you like naturally adapt to the guy's schedule. One, because you have to, but right. two, it's like your whole week schedule lines up with the way that they do their game preparation. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's so weird that you kind of forget what you do during season and then all of a sudden the first week of football hits and you're like fall right back into your routine and you remember the schedule and you remember every single day that what happens on that day. And it's interesting because talking to my friends that aren't in the football industry or in the sports industry at all, they are so mind blown by like, me knowing every single thing that goes on with him every single day, but also like me having my own thing. Like on Sundays, I do this and on Mondays, I do this. And they're so, they don't get it. They don't understand. For me, the, I mean, routine is always like a weekly thing for me, but not to the extreme. I feel like it is for game week. So like for me personally, when it starts to hit like Thursday and Friday, for sure, that's when I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, these are the things that we're about to do. It's so funny because I know that every staff is different, but something super special and it's not a big deal if we share, but they go to the movies like Mm -hmm. every single Friday. And um, this is so the whole team can be together. Everyone's safe and healthy and they get to go grab some popcorn snacks and they go to the movies. So they rent out like the theater Mm -hmm. to do this. And I think that they did that even in Pullman in Washington. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So it's Leech's thing. And I think that it's really cool because it's like, it's even like, even Carson is like, okay, well, Friday's the movies. Like, this is what I do. And this mm-hmm. is, so I kind of build my schedule, not going to the movies, but <laughs> I build my schedule in the evening of things, Knowing things. to get done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I guess every school that you go to is different. Every sport I'm sure is different. Obviously baseball, they don't have a game week like we do in football, but you know, every sport's different and every team is different in the terms of do they get there early? Do they maybe spend the mornings there or they spend there really late at night? So for us personally, Leach likes to be there at night. So on the offensive side of ball, which we both are on the offensive, we personally are not on the offensive side of the Might ball. Might as well be. <laughs> our significant others are. They like to stay late or he likes to stay late. So Sundays and Mondays are our really late nights and it kind of just depends on what time they'll get done at. So for For me and Ashley, I think on Sundays, we try to do things maybe together, maybe with a group. Like we always try to like do something on Sundays. I know that Sunday is kind of your routine. Like you get, we both do this too. We get everything ready for the week, but we also try to like do something together. Maybe we grab dinner. Maybe we do something in a Bible study group 
or we do something that we can kind of gather with a group of people before we kind of get the week started. Yeah, because it could, those late nights. I mean, I know that if you have kiddos, I know that your schedule is a lot more uh, restricted to what you can and cannot do. But for us, it's a lot of quiet time on Mm -hmm. Sundays and Mondays because, I mean, late nights can be, I mean, that's just part of it, but it could be like 1, 2 a.m. Like Mm -hmm. you don't know because that's when they knock everything out. And for that, I mean, when you don't have kiddos or even if you do, I feel like that's a lot of sitting time. So we have both adapted to filling our time Sunday, Monday. And I think the podcast has helped too, is we knock out things on those days because I don't know, you don't want to just sit there and let your mind wander, go down a rabbit hole. No, no. (laughs) It's always easier to like keep yourself entertained and, you know, be focused on other things because you know that they are too. And so it's not like they're sitting there just hanging out talking to you all day and you know so you want to be able to do your own thing on Thursday they get a they get a they get an early night which means that we get a date night and so Mm -hmm. I think for us we really try to get all of our things done around the house or things done that we need to do work-wise podcast-wise at the early part of the week so that we get that Thursday they come home we don't feel like, oh, no, we have to go and do this. Like we get to go and spend that time with them however we choose to do that that day. Yeah, Carson, I've always done Thursday. I know we've been fortunate enough to have that like on the staff that we've been on, but we have always had that date night for six years. We mm-hmm. have done that. And it is crazy because it could easily be something that is just like pushed aside, but we have literally just like set in stone Thursday, nothing else. And that's what we do. So yeah, that's so nice. Like it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It's just you two having that time to really connect and talk to each other more than the 15 minutes. If you haven't listened to our episode with Jill, who is a licensed counselor, she talks about having that 15 minutes a day where you can just kind of connect with your partner and, you know, recap the day or maybe just say something that's on your mind or your heart. But I think on Thursday is really when you can dive into those topics, again, for us, you can dive into those topics and you can, you know, really have that full on conversation with your significant other that you may have missed the entire week. Yeah. And we also talk about like when it comes to game day for us, for Brittany and I, besides going to the game and like, you know, having fun, whatever, we have done an episode over like communication because on Saturdays we have noticed like a pattern across the board with messages that, you know, some significant others don't text you all day or you don't talk or Mm -hmm. if they lose, they get mad and they dwell on it for like 24 hours or something. And everyone's different, but Brittany and I both have kind of found that happy medium of like a text here and there, but we don't expect you to be like full on conversation, you know? And so I think that that's a good balance, but it has definitely taken some time to get that routine. Oh yeah. And I think everyone's different. You have to really realize what's important to you because for us, we've kind of figured this out and we're still figuring it out. I feel like every season you learn something new that you might need or, Maybe that season you want something a little bit different or you guys decide to do something different for yourself or for each other. And so I think it's just really figuring that out at the beginning of season so that it makes it a little bit more of a routine throughout the season. Do you mm-hmm. do you stay up late and wait for him to come home? I feel like that's always the question that people ask. Like, do you wait for them to come home? I used to. Yeah. Before we got married, I literally would stay up when we were at 
Kansas. Like I'd have no idea what time he would come home. Um, their scheduling was really, really different than what we're used to here. And so I would wait up and I remember I was so miserable and I just thought, I don't know why I thought I was like, Oh, I'm a fiance. Like I need to wait up for, you know, my, (laughs) my, you know, future husband to come home. And like, it was so dumb because I was so exhausted. And if you have the willpower to do that, go for it. But like you become such a grouchy person to deal with because then I don't know if that's where like (laughs) bitterness or resentment begins because you're exhausted or what, but I go to bed now. Um, I feel like kind of halfway fall asleep because the door you'll hear the door open or the garage and that kind of throws me off. But I don't know. What about you? Do you wait up? You're a night owl though. Yeah. Drew really turned me into being a night owl, which sucks because I never used to be Obviously, when we dated, I would never stay up when we were long distance. But when we started living together, then I did – I wouldn't wait up. But I would do the same type of thing. Like, I would fall asleep, but then he would come home. Or I would fall asleep, and every hour I would just check my phone. When we lived in Pullman, mm-hmm. there was a lot of snow. And so it always made me really nervous because sometimes he would walk home, and sometimes he would drive, but we both don't have four-wheel drive. And so I would get nervous that he would – crash his car in a ditch and no one would find him and so I would like constantly wake up every hour trying to check my phone I totally agree with you it was so exhausting I felt like shit the next day and I was so mean but now I work later hours because I work you know west coast time and so I think that that really has helped me to be able to stay up late and then kind of turn around the next morning and work so yeah I don't think it makes you like any less of a significant other if you go to sleep no no I don't I don't think that there I don't know where I got that in my head that you have to wait up I think it's just like you're like I want to see you but then you will see them it's just not when you think like your time that you had in your head so yeah I I don't stay up anymore I will if it's like 11 or something but if it hits midnight I'm done yeah you're out out. (laughs) yeah I'm out yeah but yeah this episode that we have coming out today. And I think that it's just so special because it is another first for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's with a NFL athlete wife, Sarah Beagle. She is first of all, the cutest thing you've ever seen. She has a little daughter named Willow and she also started a blog and she started a blog not only for herself, but she invites other women in the industry to come on and write posts on her blog to showcase their journey and things that they've experienced in this life and so I think it's really awesome to hear her perspective he is a athlete for the Miami Dolphins and so they share all about their journey yeah they are the cutest little couple I I think that it's so cool that created a blog that's not just for herself for her to type out or you know Mm -hmm. just her words only she leaves it very open which is really cool and We'll be sure to uh, sure to share that information like in the show notes. So y'all will have to look at that and um, check it out. But, you know, some couples go through all different seasons, you know, throughout a couple years, but I feel like they had a lot happen in a very short amount of time. Yes. Um, and you can tell that she's just very strong in that yes. and like who she is, which is cool. Yeah, she has a really, really cool story and a lot of changes happen that I feel like all of us experience so we can all relate to. And we hope you enjoy this episode and we'll see you on the other side. Hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. 
you know that it's our favorite time of the week. So we have a special guest and we're going to let her introduce herself. Hi, my name is Sarah Beagle. My husband Vince currently plays for the Miami Dolphins. So we've been here, this is our third season and um, we've been in the NFL for, this is our fifth year. So it's been a wild ride. (laughs) So where did you guys start out? Yeah, he was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. So we're originally from Wisconsin. So that was like a kid's dream. Um, We were there for a season. And then um, after training camp, we moved to New Orleans. We were there for a season, had our daughter there, and then was traded to Miami. So, yeah, it's been a a wild ride. I don't know how any better to describe it. I went to school, um, or I coached at Lakeland, and I went to grad school in Wisconsin, if you know where that is, in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. So I was there for two years. So I was always up in Green Bay. So That's such a small world. I know. That's awesome. Yeah, Wisconsin's beautiful. Just um, in the winter, it gets a little. Yes. <laughs> we're enjoying Miami during the winters for sure. I bet. <laughs> yeah, so were y'all high school sweethearts or how did y'all meet? How did that whole football life get started? Yeah, so we met in college actually. We went to UW Madison. I lived in an apartment with seven girls and he was in an apartment, the floor beneath me with five guys. So just, we had mutual friends and we'd all hang out and then slowly it would just be he and I, but he was such a prankster. I mean, he would come into our apartment, just like terrorizing stuff. I still, to this day, I'm like, how did this happen? (laughs) But my dad's a prankster. So I think he got me used to having my husband around. So was it like, love at first sight did he have to kind of like win his way to your heart (laughs) I think he had to win his way into mine I think there's such a stigma around athletes honestly even in high school you know you kind of are like okay he's an athlete you know Uh." so um, when I met my husband Vince I definitely had that thought but he was so different than anyone I've ever met he was kind and gentle and caring and so sweet he just he reminded me of my grandpa actually who had just passed and yeah it was kind of gave me like the the butterflies a little bit so yeah I think that's so cool and do you think that like when y'all were dating and things were starting to get serious did he tell you and you guys kind of knew you're like okay we're about to enter into this NFL world like it's a possibility I mean it's so different from college football because I feel like there's so many more factors that play in um, like even on the business side of it all so was it kind of eye-opening that first season like wow okay this is a lot bigger than I thought or how are your feelings towards that? Yeah, I think especially being from Wisconsin and getting drafted by the Packers was a whirlwind. So many pros, but definitely some cons too, because our attention was being pulled in so many different directions, reporters and people wanting this and tickets. And it was a really special year, but it was very, very eye-opening. And then especially when we got cut from the Packers, you know, people think, oh, you know, he's Wisconsin's guy. They want him on his team. But in reality, this is a business and it doesn't matter what the fans think, you know, as as badly as you want that too, but it is a business and it's cutthroat. Um, and I think that was a wake up call and a reality check. And I think it was great, honestly, that it happened so early on for us because since we've moved, it's been easier every time. But I think the hardest thing about the Green Bay thing too was being so close to family, living out a dream like that, and then finding out I was pregnant and like four weeks later moving. So (laughs) that wasn't 
the easiest thing. But yeah, I think it was definitely a, a eye opening experience. Yeah. So moving to that first move that you guys are kind of away from family, you're going through this like this new journey of being pregnant and not having family close. How was that for you? Like, what did you struggle with the most? I think the hardest thing was our first couple of weeks down there, my husband was on the practice squad. And so we didn't know if we would stay in New Orleans or not. Um, So we rented this temporary tiny little apartment. Gosh, I am still mad to this day about it. It was just it was like a college apartment, but almost worse. <laughs> and so I'm like, we are not bringing a baby home here. So that was hard. But then he made the team. So he was on the 53 man roster. So we were there for a season, got into a better home. But yeah, it was hard being away for our first holidays, really. We were spoiled in Green Bay. We went home for Thanksgiving. We got to go home for Christmas. I couldn't relate to the other women on the team because we were able to do that. Mm-hmm. And now being away, I was able to relate to people and say, wow, you know, it is hard being away. But I think it also made us a lot stronger as a couple too, because our communication had to be on point. You know, if I was feeling down about something or just feeling lonely, I had to communicate it because he was the only person I had really. So pros and cons, but I definitely, I try to look at it you know, in a positive Mm -hmm. way. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people see this glamorized lifestyle and we talk about it all the time where like they don't really know what goes on (laughs) behind the scenes with all of the, you know, the sacrifices and then the moving and having to readjust. So do you feel like when you were at Wisconsin that you didn't really have that need or feel to put yourself out there to the other like players, families and women? Did you have like your own group already at home or do you think that, once you moved away, you're like, oh gosh, I have to figure out like how to meet friends, <laughs> meet people. Yeah, it's funny. Um, it's kind of opposite. I really jumped into our community in Green Bay. I started volunteering right away. I made some really good friends on the team. And after that moving, I found it harder to open myself back up because I had just like spent all of my energy doing that. And I made good friends. And even with our families close by, I I really valued friendship outside of that. So when I first moved to New Orleans, I was like, gosh, I do not have the energy to make new friends. (laughs) How do I do this again? So it took me a little while, a couple of months, honestly, to, you know, accept that we were in New Orleans, you know, we had moved, our life was a little different than I had pictured it would be going into the season. And then I felt it was so much easier to warm up. And when we first came to Miami too, I'm like, I, I can't do that again. You have to have a network of women, no matter how tiring and exhausting it might seem to make friends. And it's it's been life-saving, honestly, season, season saving. <laughs> Otherwise you go nuts during this season without anybody, so. Well, I, I will agree. It's a lot of effort. Like I, I think being social, um, I have this rule for myself, but every time we've moved, we've moved four times. And every time we move, I give myself like a grace week. Like, even though I'm so tired, like get the house together as much as you can. And then basically like force yourself to go out there. Like you get one week and you have to go find something. Like, I don't even know if it's a tennis club or something random, whatever they have, just so you can like meet one person, but it is so tiring. I think that, you know, people get into their like groups and stuff and they don't realize like how much effort it takes to start over every single time. So I completely agree with that. I think it's hard in the beginning for sure. 
And then you add kids to the mix too. And, you know, I was on a team where everyone had a kid except me. And then I'm on a team where I was the only one with the kid basically. So you're kind of trying to figure that out. And I think it gets easier. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I've just accepted like, this is what's going on. I don't know. <laughs> Your first NFL players significant other that we've interviewed on on the podcast, which is awesome. We have some like past NFL players and, and current coaches. But with that, are they like an inclusive group? Do you find that you're you're able to kind of do things outside of football together, even though you might not be at the same stages in life? Yeah, what I've noticed on every team is that no matter where you are in life, the NFL especially is such a unique experience to be in. So to be in it together really bonds people. And I don't think it matters if you've been in the league for 10 years or you're a rookie, you have something to bond on. I think that's really special. It's kind of like almost a sisterhood, even in the sports industry in general. I just think it's so unique and there's very few people who understand the challenges that you're going through. So it's really nice to connect with people who do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that it is like such a weird, we always laugh. We're like, we're all sister wives. Like it's a (laughs) weird way because we are always together all the time through whatever we're going through. And I completely agree with that. I do want to ask about having a little kiddo. I want to know because we don't have kids. Just that whole chapter of we've heard numerous times that like once you have a kid, everyone's like, oh, let me see the baby. Like, how is the baby? And then you're like over here, like, hello, like I am hanging by a thread. So did you feel loneliness? Like even though you were, I know you're in this new city and you're trying all these new things and experiences, but I feel like, did that get lonely for you? Like having, you know, this baby and you're like, now what do I do (laughs) in the middle of nowhere? We had my daughter in New Orleans and when she was four months old, we moved to Miami and that was probably the hardest period of my NFL experience so far because I was in a new city at the time we were in a house that just air conditioning didn't work. So many things were going wrong. We obviously moved to a better home. We have AC, (laughs) but Yeah, I didn't even know where the closest Target was or the grocery store. My husband was gone because it was right during football season. You know, like we didn't have the ability during free agency in like March to go as a family and check it out. No, I was on my own. And that's the moment I really realized that I needed help. And luckily there was an agency that provided babysitting. But I also think that's really hard is how do you trust a stranger with your child, a four month old, five month old baby. And so it's really figuring out what do you need the most? And luckily you really trust your intuition. I feel like as women, our intuition is so strong. I found an amazing person and um, she came to help me, but yeah, that it was really, really hard. But as my daughter's gotten older, it's gotten easier you know, I'm a lot more busy now chasing after her, but going to the park, making friends and her at school, I think it's just, it's getting easier. It's just that first initial, you know, you've got this little small baby and you're in a new place. What do you do? I do want to add to that just because I think that there's this weird stigma of like asking for help. I don't know why, like, it's so weird. If you ask like, you know, I need someone to just help me for a couple hours or anything. I don't know. I think that is the weirdest like stigma because it's like, if it's offered and you are able to grab that resource, you should totally be able to do it. So I well, think that I that's especially great. I think too, in the NFL, you know, people think, 
well, your husband's doing that, you know, he's obviously supporting your family. Why do you need help? You know? And I think people don't realize that the guys are never home ever <laughs> during the season. And there are times during the year, I don't need as much help as I do during in season and things like that. And again, I vouch for people. I push, get help if you need it, because it was so nice for me because then I could be a better mother. I could be a better wife to my husband. I could just be a better all around assistant or CEO for our home, you know, get stuff done. And that was the most important. Yeah. I feel like that's so, that's so important for you to take time for yourself and self-care and all that and be able to take help when it's needed. So what do you do? Because for everyone that's listening, she's currently in her mobile office right now. So do <laughs> you want to tell everyone what you do during the day? Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I get a lot of work done in my car when I do have a babysitter or if my daughter's at school, I just feel like this is the biggest motherhood thing I could do. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually run a website called sarahbeagle.com. I just launched it not too long ago. I wanted an outlet to post about parenthood. I feel like there's such a strong community online. And I was getting a lot of questions about, even from younger girls in the NFL, what do you do during off season? You know, what was your experience in free agency? And everyone has a different story. So I thought it would be really nice to be able to showcase one other moms, but two other women in sports, but specifically football, NFL. And then Again, during COVID, I just got really into recipes. So <laughs> place to throw that too. But yeah, it's been really fun. So I do a lot of that sitting here in my car. <laughs> Classy. No, that's wonderful. No, I mean, I think all the website just is so fascinating. Like building, you can really use that as like such a creative outlet. So full and supportive that. I think that's amazing. I want to jump to relationships though, because I feel like it is really hard with communication. You have to work at it constantly. Personally, I was just so naive to like what his actual communication standards should be. <laughs> and then once we get through, you know, season after season, I'm like, okay, now we can make a plan on like what works best. So what have you found over the years that has kind of changed with that? Yeah, I think you, what you said was perfect. I was so naive. We were married for, my oh gosh, we got married going into our rookie season. And so moving in together was new. Being in the NFL was new. There was a lot of new. So one of the things we've learned, especially through injuries and having our daughter, is our communication styles and our love language too. I think that's really important. People don't talk about as much, but hitting on each other's love languages, whether you understand it for the other person or not, I think is huge because that makes them feel full and fulfilled. And when you feel fulfilled as a wife or a husband or a significant other, you're better to the other person too. Uh, so he got injured last training camp. So we had a full season basically with him home. We were super spoiled by it, but we had had a conversation leading up to the season this year. And I think one, having communication so early is so important, but we said, you know, here's what it's the season's going to look like. You know, let's both be on the same page. If we can get a date night in, it will be great. If not, let's just make sure to talk at night or just check in on each other. And just having that standard makes me feel so much better because then I feel like, you know, he's the one doing all the physical work, but he still cares to check in on me too. 
and that's so important and i didn't real i didn't know any of that you know our first season and now year five i've learned a lot and i'm sure i'll continue learning i feel like that's the best part about relationships you just constantly learn about each other I love that. I feel like all across the board, you know, you kind of go into football season and you're not and you just like run around like a chicken with your head cut off. Like, where are we going? What are we doing? Like, he's here. I'm home. You're in that routine and you forget to like check up on each other. You forget to include that communication and have those different talks and things like that. And I feel like setting that intention at the beginning of season, knowing like, okay, this is what we're expecting for our relationship is so important. No matter what that is, it could be like you just said, like, at least if we check up on each other at night, we're good. We feel good about each other. We're not going to, you know, because things build up. And then at the end of the season, you have a meltdown and it's not pretty. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants that. No, nobody wants that. <laughs> so with him being off last season, I feel like also fans and people, I'm sure, around your your friends and your family are constantly like, so what's happening and what is he doing? And so, like, what's that like when when they get hurt or – I'm sure you get the question all the time, like, what's he going to do after he's done playing? Yeah, I think um, this last year, one with COVID, especially this season was so unique. And then ours was a little more unique because he was out. We were talking about it last night, actually, how hard it was as a season and as a family, how hard it was on us, but also how sweet and bittersweet it was um, we got to spend a lot of time together a lot of time that we have never been able to get and we might never get again maybe when we retire <laughs> I think it was really unique because we did have a lot of time at home so for him he got to dive into interests outside of football so you know things that he had thought about but obviously never had the time to do um, he could now spend time learning about things, talking to other people, connecting. And it was nice because everything kind of was virtual. So he wasn't missing out on a ton in that sense. So we don't know the answer still to, you know, what are you going to do post football? I feel like we're very faith-based and our life is always just driven by, um, you know, whatever God has planned for us next. But that short time he was off kind of brought to light a couple more things that were like, okay, you know, we could see our lives going in that route, or we could see them going here and <laughs> just feel like I can never plan anything. Cause the second we think something and plan, God's like, nope, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Change of pace here. <laughs> yeah. We feel you there like constantly. You're like, oh, well, I thought that's what it was, but totally wrong. So yeah. <laughs> get that a hundred percent. I, I do wonder, though, with the NFL, so I know that there's so many people on one team and in this business and, you know, with the organization. So I feel like there's so much diversity when it comes to people on the team and like their significant others and things like that. So how is it with the groups? Like, is there groups like one position all hangs together and those families hang out or kind of just random. Yeah. I've been on a team before that I know, like, you know, a lot of the position group, they would hang out or do dinners together. But honestly, the other teams I've been on, everybody just mingles, you know, it's not an offense versus defense thing or um, anything like that. I think you also just find your people too. I think Bible study is something I've gotten into on every single team. And it's really, really cool because you do have people from all different backgrounds and it doesn't matter in that moment, you know, if you're even a coach's wife or if you're a player's wife, like 
we can all learn together about the same thing. So again, you find your people, but I have never had the experience that, oh no, we only hang out with the offense. Sorry. Things like that. So <laughs> maybe I'm just naive to it, but I'm like, well, I don't, I don't care enough to think about that anymore. <laughs> no, that's good. Cause at college level, you like, you bake goods, you like do dinners, you do all that. And we were laughing with one of um, the people we were interviewing because she said that her daughters wanted to make the players like cookies, like how they used to in college and totally different dynamic <laughs> in the yeah. NFL. So just yeah. was curious about that. <laughs> yeah, I will say too, like depending on where you are and what city, you kind of get that versus like, like Green Bay was so small. So people got together, we did cookie exchanges, like, you know, it was more homier and the bigger cities you live in, people are kind of spread out. So I could be 30 minutes from somebody and 30 minutes in a car with a toddler is not an easy feat. So like, you know, you don't have the ability to not get together as much, but do some of those, you know, things that I did in Green Bay with people. So yeah, that totally makes sense. I want to touch back on you talked about off season a little bit and kind of like what you guys typically do. So like I said, we've never interviewed anyone from the NFL that's a player's wife. So I want to hear about his schedule, what that looks like during season and then what you guys do during off season. Yeah. So right now they're in training camp. So he's gone early mornings to late at night, almost every single day with a couple off days sprinkled in. And then once season starts, it's a game week. So they leave usually, let me think, Saturday mornings, they fly out to wherever they're playing, play on a Sunday. They fly back the same day, no matter what time it is, late night, anything. There are times he's gotten home at like 5 a.m. the next day. <laughs> and then they've got one off day sprinkled in the week, but otherwise he's there early morning again till about dinner time. Um, and that's just the week. I actually really like it because I love the routine and I get used to it. And I was joking with someone because once off season comes, there's no schedule. And so the guys come in and you're like, I'm so sorry, but you're in my space. <laughs> you could put your dishes away. You know, we have this routine going on and you're here messing it all up. And by the time we get used to off season, it's back to in season. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, when off season hits, um, right around January, probably this year, mid-January, because there's another game, they have off. So they don't have to report again until about mid-April for OTAs, spring training camp, basically. Um, that's mid-April to mid-June. But my husband, we've been, we've stayed basically wherever we've played every year. Um, this year, especially because he was rehabbing, but there's also a lot of great people down here training we try to take a trip just he and I I think it's really important another way to reconnect our relationship especially with a kid <laughs> get, get some mom and dad time away but we just you know he'll go in we'll make a schedule and we'll just you know go from there I think it's easy for guys to just want to sit and veg out I just am not a person that can do that or like handle him being like yes. that. Yes. <laughs> Neither is he. So he gets up, goes in the morning, and then we basically have the afternoon to hang out, which is super nice. And then summer, we really have like the shortest summer, but same thing, work out in the morning, come home in the afternoon, and then camp starts like second to third, third week of July, last week of July. So 
So yeah. do you have a lot of a lot of the wives, do they stay at the same place that they're at? Or do people have off-season homes? Obviously in baseball, it's way different. But in baseball, they have like off-season homes and that's like their home home. And then they're kind of, you know, their second home was where they're at. I would say a lot of people have an off-season home and it's wherever they train. Funny enough, a lot of people here especially have places in warmer climates, <laughs> um, which is really nice. I'm like, hey, family, are we rethinking this Wisconsin thing? But we've talked about it too, because I think it would be really nice to have some sort of stability in a life that is so unstable, but we just cannot decide on where. And I think, you know, instead of rushing into something, we just try to think, you know, let's enjoy where we're at. And I think one day everything else will get worked out. But I think an off-season home would provide some stability, <laughs> but again, we can't agree on anything, so <laughs> it's not time. It's not time yet. <laughs> TBD on location. So we ask this question at the end of every single um, interview that we do. It's actually super helpful because it, you know, whether you've been in the industry for, you know, one month versus 20 years, it's always nice to hear and what people have found through their journey. So if you could go back and tell yourself like at that very beginning, you know, one thing to kind of provide some guidance or or just something that you would have told yourself that would help you that you know now, what would that be? As cliche as it sounds, I would say, let go and let God. And what I mean by that is be flexible. Changes in life aren't bad. You know, every time we've moved, we're like, gosh, you know, what did we do? And it's not about that. Every place we've been, I feel like we've been put there for a specific reason and can't name the reason specifically, you know, every place, but we've met amazing people and we've grown together so much as a couple and as a family. And I used to be someone that wanted to plan everything. And God was like, I'm sorry, but you need to fix that. <laughs> That's a problem. So <laughs> Yeah, I think just being flexible and going with the flow and enjoying it and having fun and having fun in those moments that are really hard too is, you know, it's so easy to say, but just enjoy it because it doesn't last forever, you know, so. I feel like That's we can great. both resonate with that because we're both like super planners and like this industry does not let you do that at all. And you definitely have to let go and kind of let things just play out and and let God kind of handle where you're going next. So that's really good advice. So if anyone wants to find you, where can they find you? Like on Instagram, if you want to leave your your blog here, then we can, we'll also put in the show notes. Yeah, so my um, website is sarahbeagle.com. It's S-A-R-A-H-B-I-E-G-E-L.com. And then um, you can find me on Instagram at, at Sarah M. Beagle. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We really enjoyed talking with you and thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on more than a season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at more than a season podcast for the latest updates. If you enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time.